Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Holy Man, a journey of becoming godly men. No matter if we are sons or husbands, dads, grandfathers, or just any regular guy out there, we are going to try to figure out how God would want us to live on this journey called life. None of us have it all figured out. So let's dig into God's Word and wrestle with God's Word as we try to become who God created us to be, specifically, holy men. Hey there, men. It is good to be with all of you, no matter where you live, wherever you're jumping onto this Holy Man podcast. We are in the third week of lies, or more specific, the third week of considering the lies that we men believe. As we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, Satan has done a really good job of messing us up. He has thrown many lies, fed many lies into our lives so that we see things differently than how God would love for us to see it. Last week, we looked into some of the lies that we struggle with in regards to God himself. And that was a great discussion with Richard. Well, this week, the topic is looking at lies that we men believe about ourselves or things that deal with our self-image. And to help us with this topic today, I've invited a good, in my opinion, a godly man who I have a lot of respect for. He is a husband who I know loves his wife. He's a good dad of two teenagers and a great Christian businessman here in Gillette. And I do say a Christian businessman because I'm aware of how he runs his business and how he treats his employees. And and I see that Christian ideal involved in his business. So today we are, uh, I'm welcoming Chad Sheehan to the Holy Man uh, podcast. Chad, it is great to be with you today. I appreciate having me on here. This should be a good time. It should be. And Chad, can you just share very quickly, I mean, I mentioned this about your business uh, and how you bring your Christian ideals into your business. Can you just share very quickly, what's one or two ways that you do that? Um, We start every morning um, talking about how we can um, allow God to shine through us at work. Um, We do disaster work. So um, it might be that person's bottom. So whether it's through actions or through our words with them, we um, we start every morning with a prayer, um, and then we head out, and then we hope that um, we represent Christ uh, in the workplace thereafter. That is so huge. And for you, I mean, you're the, the boss, and so it starts with you. And so, uh, you know, for you as your Christian witness, your employees are watching you to see how you live your life and what the light shining through you looks like so that they can better. So Chad, that is so cool. I applaud you. I appreciate you. And uh, that's one of the reasons why I have you on here today, because I just really appreciate how your faith is not just a church Sunday morning thing. Your faith is obviously present in your life, in your family, and in your workplace. So I, I really like that. Uh, Chad, like I said a few moments ago, the topic or the category of lies that we're going to discuss together today, they have to do with how Satan messes with our self-image, those lies about ourselves that get out of whack. So Chad, let me ask you, do you remember any messages that you heard as a kid or as a growing up youngster 
that stuck with you, either for good or not so good, that helped to create your self-image. Do you remember any of those? Yeah. Um, I mean, for mine, the, the ones that stick out, of course, are the ones that are most negative, I think. Um, yep. Uh, not being good enough. You know, uh, education, um, uh, working hard. I mean, I was told over and over, I mean, working hard, getting up early determines my worth. And so part of that is good because it's pushed me. It's pushed me to yeah. um, be a, a hard worker and to go after that. Um, on the other side of things, um, it is is rolled around my head and, and made me um, feel like that's where some of my worth comes from. So are you constantly worrying, am I worth anything? And Am I mattering to other people? Right, right. And, and, and most of that comes, I, uh, I have a great dad. But mm-hmm. he joked a lot with his friends about sleeping in and uh, uh-huh. just messing the whole day around and, and not being, you know, just not knowing how to do certain things. And yeah. just through that joking has, has uh, kind of haunted me throughout my life. Yeah, and I hear that. Uh, you know, my dad did a little bit of that himself with me. And, yeah, I'm, am I wondering, am I doing it to my kids some? Yeah. You know, one of the ones that hit me and uh, how it – played in my life was what I wore. The clothes that I wear uh, make me who I am. Uh, my family wasn't well off. We weren't uh, We weren't poor. We weren't struggling, but we didn't have lots of extra. So my parents, especially my mom, she was very frugal in how she lived, and she cut lots of coupons for groceries. She did lots of yard sale shopping. And I would remember you know, how my mom would get so excited when she would find that yard sale bargain, that that nice shirt or the nice pair of pants for me that were considered in the world's eyes to be a good brand of clothes. Uh, you know how a brand that people would with more money would be able to purchase new. And she got excited about because of the image that I could then leave the house with. And of course, that mindset that she shared with me and the reaction from my peers helped me to believe that a major part of my identity or my image was based upon what I wore. Now, people who see what I wear today, I think you can see that I'm getting over that a little bit. <laughs> doesn't matter quite as much. But uh, my mom certainly didn't intend to mess with my self-image in a bad way. But Satan had already messed with her a little bit and her thinking. So she naturally handed it down to me. So Chad, let me ask you this. you got two kids. They're, they're great kids. Isn't it fun to wonder how you and I are messing up our own kids? Uh, that's one of my biggest hopes in life that I mess up my kids a little bit less than how my parents messed me up. What about you, Chad? Oh, absolutely. And we're going to mess up. I mean, that's just a part of that parenting um, world we live in. Yeah. I mean, it's like you say, go back to the getting up early thing. When my kids don't get up as early as I do, uh, when they get up, it's still in the morning, but I'll say good afternoon to them right. instead of saying good yeah. morning because giving them the idea that they're, they should be <laughs> up already. Yeah. Well, let's jump into some of these lies. We have five lies for us to look at a little bit today. We're going to spend a little bit extra time on a couple of them. But the first one, Chad, that the author mentioned in the book was, I am not responsible for my actions. Chad, have you ever used the phrase, the devil made me do it? Or have you ever blamed someone else for something that you know you did? Uh, yeah, uh, of course I've blamed other kids for that. I mean, I was lucky enough to have a brother and two sisters, so um, it was easy to saying, blame on them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and to, to take responsibility, it's not easy. 
But did it make the devil, did, did the devil actually make us do it? No. He certainly tempts us and he feeds us lies, but it's on us. You know, one of the stories that I love that Jesus tells relates to this lie. It's in Luke chapter 18, verse 9. It's, and it's about the, the Pharisee and the tax collector. Let me just read that real quick here. It says that then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. So two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. And the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I'm not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector over there. I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, O God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, the sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humble, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So the sinner or the one who is willing to acknowledge or take responsibility for his sin, was therefore in a right relationship with God. So Chad, if the lie is I'm not responsible for my actions, what does the author say the truth is? Really just to humble ourselves, I think, more than anything, just to to realize that we are sinners. Um, we're just fortunate enough that he sent his son that we can have that relationship. And so we, we've earned nothing. And so to be uh, humble. Yeah, humble is a huge thing. Uh, the author wrote in the book there, he says, regardless of what kind of upbringing we may have had, what may have been done to us or the difficult or dysfunctional circumstances we may find ourselves in, we are still responsible for our own actions. And the most amazing thing in this truth is that we do take responsibility. And if we turn to God to repent and ask for forgiveness, kind of like the, the guy, the tax collector in our story, God meets us where we are with grace, unconditional love. He simply wants to lift us up and help us to move from where we are and further down the road towards holiness and a blessed life. Well, Chad, before we get to our next lie that we're going to consider, let me ask you this simple question. Is there something that you enjoy doing for pleasure, a hobby or an activity of some kind? I'm kind of a crazy guy. I really enjoy working. Working. Uh, That's your hobby. That's your pleasure. That is where I get a lot of my pleasure. uh, pleasure. Creating projects, building teams. I mean, that's where I really enjoy. Okay, I know there's some men out there that enjoy sports, fishing, hunting. Men have many things that are available. Uh, so, you know, I ask that question because our next lie that Satan tries to convince us about is this. It's pleasure and entertainment can satisfy me. Well, Chad, how do you see this in your own life and in the lives? Of, I mean, you work with a bunch of different people. So how do you see this playing out in the lives and causing some issues? I think in my own life, you know, it's it's that next level, right? In business, I will find significance. Or um, when I was younger, I liked to play golf. And so huh. then you would think, okay, if I could just shoot par, I'd be happy. 
But then the trouble is, is that bar always moves. And so you stay unsatisfied. Um, so I see that in people's lives. I mean, the, if you think back to when we were younger and, and if I could only have this car, well, most of us surpassed everything that we've wanted at one time or another. And as soon as we get it, we move that bar and we're unsatisfied. Wow. Okay. So it's constantly looking for the next big thing around the corner. The grass is always greener yep. mentality. We're always looking for that. When our book, the author takes us into the book of Ecclesiastes, where the wise King Solomon shares this phrase with us, utterly meaningless, everything is meaningless. And that's in chapter one, verse two. That's how he starts his findings of life. And then if you read the entire book of Ecclesiastes, he looks at much of life, all the different parts of the compartments of life to help us see what he means. But in the end, he shares where we can find meaning. And that is simply in us fearing God or realizing that God is God. So we should live in faith of God. So Chad, do you have any other thoughts from God's word which have helped you focus on the truth and that could help these guys that are listening to rethink this one a bit? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is I go back to um, not uh, not living in our own understanding. Um, to to um, focus on him um, is really where it's at because God has given us that void. That void and that circuit, uh, that seeking entertainment and seeking all this stuff, and we're going to be seeking something, something, and and the only thing that will fulfill that is Christ, and it's a daily walk. I mean, it takes a lot of prayer and a lot of reading your Bible to get to where that's where your worth comes from, rather than this entertainment or associating it with. So when you say it's a daily walk, and I yeah. know your devotion life, yeah. I, I see you share it on Facebook regularly. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you say it's a daily walk. Why do you consider it that it's necessary to be a daily walk? Why can't it just be a once in a while thing? Because we're sinful. And, <laughs> okay. And, and every day, I mean, look at your life. I mean, if 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 I don't stay focused on that um, every day, I start on my own path of thinking I'm important, thinking I need to pursue this, and and it, and it usually just leads to destruction and and unhappiness yeah well chad i mean you've walked with a bunch of different guys and some other people with your workplace have you seen any men who are a testimony of this change of focus in their lives you know they start focusing on god more than the pleasures and their lives get better oh absolutely i mean i was a barber for 15 years so <laughs> okay i talk to men all the time but then even in our own workplace i mean i'm fortunate enough to be able to hire who i want to hire and and um we've seen guys that have been transformed i mean um their life is definitely better they do not have in and that doesn't mean that circumstances of life haven't gotten there oh sure i mean there is there they've gone through probably rougher times afterwards but their outlook on it is just completely different isn't that cool to be able to watch those testimonies of those lives transformed by christ Mm -hmm. well the truth that the author says that counters this uh this idea that the lie that pleasure and entertainment can satisfy me what he shares is he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose that's good It shares the idea that chasing after pleasures of this world is not worth it in comparison to the things of God, which are worth so much more. And this guy, he was a missionary. Jim Elliott wrote that truth, basically, and he gave up his life as a missionary 
because he valued sharing his faith more than the stuff of the world. You know, we all have free will. We all get to choose what we chase after in life. And some things can bring true joy. And other things are, as Solomon said, meaningless in the grand scheme of things. Okay, well, that leads us to our next lie. And the next lie that we're going to be talking about, Chad, is I am the master of my own destiny. Chad, how can this lie really get us as men messed up in life? Well, I think all too often we just start worshiping at the altar of me. Mm. You know, I um, and there again, I mentioned it, but Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show um, you which path to take. So when we're on our own, we don't turn to God. We do our own thing. And we're always on a path, Chad. Yeah. Everybody. We, we walk a path of life. And I love what, what Proverbs, what that passage says, because it talks about the better path mm-hmm. and how if we get, if we acknowledge God and get on his path, he will make our paths straight or make them better. And so uh, I love that. Uh, Chad, I love the sermon series that we've been talking about. I know that you have as well. We've talked about this a little bit. We've been talking about the book of Daniel. Uh, over the first several weeks of this year. And we see a lot in those stories how God is very invested in our lives. And ultimately, God is sovereign. He's the boss. Yeah. You know, whether we want to acknowledge it or not, he is the boss. So, Chad, do you have any good suggestions for the guys as to how they can take a step towards God in this one? I think you just humbly ask him and then you pursue it. I mean, all too often, we'll we'll spend hours and hours pursuing knowledge on our craft, mm-hmm. um, but then we we want we want this thing, this better life, and this uh, path. But it takes uh, seeking Him through reading the Bible, and then I would say surround yourself by godly men. Get away from those guys that are giving you poor advice. Yeah. And we're going to talk more about that with at the end of this podcast a little bit. And be, but it's so true. Uh, you know, that takes us maybe to Psalm 1, where Psalm 1 is a great, it's the very first of 150 Psalms, and it shares that idea that who you surround yourself with, the people you hang out with, it's going to help guide you on a path mm-hmm. for a good, bad, and ugly, depending on where you go. Uh, another favorite passage of mine that helps us to, to reprogram with this idea is out of James chapter 4, starting in verse 13. Uh, where James says, look here, you who say today or tomorrow, we are going to a certain town and will stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. Well, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? James says, your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while and it's gone. What you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Chad, this goes back. You keep using the same word over and again, humble. Yeah. This idea of being humble before God. How, tell me a little bit more about that. Why is being humble before God so important to getting us right and in, into the truth of God? Well, for me, it, it really takes um, the pressure off for me. I can be humble and say, God, I know you're in control. And I'm going to try to live this life the best I can, expressing your, your light in me. Um, but I don't have to figure things out that way. I, I don't have to sit there and ponder. I don't have to sit there and have 
anxiety because every time I do my own path. So if I just humble myself before the creator, the almighty, I mean, he's in control. He's in charge. So so why would I want to take that burden of thinking that I um, am bigger than that? Because that just leads to anxiety. Oh, man. Worry, purposelessness, because we get things messed up if we do it on our own. Well, the truth that uh, Robert says in the book here that counters this when he says the master, meaning God, mm-hmm. is the master of our destiny. Daily submitting, or you use the word humility, daily submitting ourselves to him will bring us joy, purpose, and true riches from God. Absolutely. So huge. All right. So line next line, Chad, you know, we live in Wyoming. We have a bunch of coal miners, tough men. But this is a lie that we can, we're just going to talk about just a little bit here. But this is one that considers our self image if we realize that we're creating God's image. And the lie is this real men don't cry. Were you ever told that at some point in your life, Chad? I, I mean, I think back to different times. Again, my dad saying, you know, real men don't cry. I've heard it out of my dad's mouth. What about you? Were you ever told that at some point? I wasn't told that exactly, but it was like, uh, quit crying, you'll be okay. You know, so All right. it, it, it's same, yeah, same message. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, have you ever cried in your adult years? I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to put it out there, Chad. Yeah. Be willing to be humble and let guys yeah. know whether you have or not. Oh, uh, most everybody that knows me that's been close to me has seen me cry. I, I, um, life can be tough, and um, we live in a sinful world um, where relationships can be hard. Yeah. And so I have no problem with crying. Well, and like you said, with your business, you deal with disaster. Yeah. You deal with people's lives that are going through some tough days. And so this idea of not crying, it, it counters because I—, I saw Jesus, Mm -hmm. the shortest passage in scripture is that Jesus wept. He cried Mm -hmm. because he saw people that were hurting, that were broken, that were struggling. And he, you know, God, to to say we're not going to cry is to say we're not going to have a heart like God's. Uh, You know, we both have sons Mm -hmm. and I know I want my boys to know toughness. I want them to be warriors for the right reasons at the right time. I I remember one moment with my son, Andrew, Uh, Andrew has been trained by his daddy to protect his mama. And Daniel, my younger boy, was upset with his mom at one point, and he went off on Karen. I mean, he just acted so inappropriate to his mom. And I was in the other room, and I was getting ready to go talk to Daniel about how he was talking to his mom. But before I got a chance to, it was so cool, Andrew stepped into the situation, and I heard these words out of his mouth. He said, Daniel, you need to stop. You do not talk to my mom that way. Man, I was beaming in that moment with pride because, you know, I want my son to be strong. He was stepping in and protecting his mom. And I want him to fight for what's fight. But I also want my boys to know a compassionate heart, a heart of God that is willing to, yes, weep for the things which God would weep for and to know it does not make us any less of a man. But instead, Chad, the truth is, that real men are free to feel and express deep emotions. And when we do, it's actually proof that we are men with a heart like God's. Absolutely. So, Chad, you're allowed to cry. If, Absolutely. You know, wait till after the podcast yeah, is done, yeah. but then you can yeah. go have a good cry. Uh, All right, Chad, our last, and I know you're big on this last slide. The last slide that we're going to consider is important to both of us, and we both regularly connect with other men. But the lie is that I don't need male friends, and especially Christian male friends. What do you think of that? Would would you agree with this part of the struggle here, Chad? What do you think about that one? 
Yeah, I don't. I mean, uh, it's most guys need uh, need these people surrounding us because uh, otherwise we start believing our own crap. <laughs> to it's be true. Honest. You know, we need guys to be able to challenge us and call us out, and we need to be able to go to those guys, those strong, godly guys that you can weep with, and you can work through struggles of this world and and uh, pray for people that are lost that you're hurting for. Yeah. And, and so, you know, we know that there are guys that isolate themselves. Yeah. And what happens when a man is more inclined to isolate himself than be together with other brothers? What are some p- possible things that Satan can lead us into if we're isolating? Well, I mean, those lies just continue to um, circle in your head. I don't know how many times uh, all of us when we're alone for a certain amount of time, if I'm not in the Word and I'm not praying to God, I start that uh-huh. video or that that uh, audio in my head that I start believing that I'm that back to those first things. I'm not good enough. Um, maybe I, I'm not worthy. Or I know a lot of men when they get isolated, they look for pleasures. Yep. that are not of God, whether it's looking at things online that are just not right with God or whether it's going to a store and buying something that they don't necessarily need. But, you know, we've heard the phrase, Chad, I know you know it, I know it, iron sharpens iron. Absolutely. So, again, to get men to realize the importance of this, uh, what are some of the benefits that you personally have experienced from other men walking a journey with you? Probably the most difficult um, times in my life, I was able to call these people that I knew would be praying for me and I knew had my best interest in mind or at heart. And that was that was because those relationships that we built. Um, so I personally, I've been able to cry out to these people and 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 walk through. And then I've had times where I'm I've walked away and I'm not walking that path. And I've I've had guys come to me and say. Hey, Chad, you know yeah. what? And, and they did it in that way that they took that speck out of their eye. I yeah. mean, they came to me lovingly because they want they know that where my heart is and where I wasn't. And they were able to call me out on it. So important. I mean, because love is such a, you know, it's a powerful word. And yeah. for us men to have that godly agape or brotherly love that we're willing to say, Chad, your life is not as good as it could be. Yeah. Let's get back where God is. And to be able to do that without judgment, because yeah. I don't know about you, Chad, but I'm a sinner. Yeah. You're a sinner. Yeah, and so to know that, that we can take that plank out and just simply say, I have your best interests. I want to be for, here for you this day. Can you be there for me the next day? It can be so powerful. You know, Right now, Chad, we have about 75 men that are signed up for the different men's life groups here at New Life. And that doesn't count all the other men that are in couples groups, you know, with their with their wife in the different groups. So that's just in the men's life groups right now. We have one actually, as we're talking, there's a group of retired men that are here in the building and they're downstairs talking about uh, these lies. Mm-hmm. And so, Chad, how does that warm your heart to know there's that many men in your church that are on a journey with God? Well, being a barber, um, my passion has always been um, men. I think statistically they say you uh, get a, a, a man to come to Christ, and he'll lead his family that direction um, more than the women will. I mean, so us men, we're we're a powerful force, and if we live this life of of, of denying these lies, really, and and being in the Word and doing that, we can really change the world for Christ. We really can. There's no doubt that our life as a man is a witness. Mm-hmm. Period. Whether you want it to be or not. 
And that's for the good, the bad, and the ugly. We will be a witness for Christ. And to do it together with other men, to realize not one of us are perfect. Not one of us. And so to be able to walk the journey together, to encourage each other, to care for each other, to lift each other up. Yes, even to cry with each other if it's necessary. You know, the truth, again, this is what Robert says in, in the book. He says, we need godly male friends, faithful brothers who love us enough to speak truth. Men whose lives are also open to us so we can speak truth <clears throat> into them. Chad, do you have any other last great suggestions for the men as they try to seek God's heart and being reprogrammed away from some of those lies that we talked about today? All I can say is pursue God. I mean, I, I don't know a better way to do that than get up in the morning and make make yourself do it. Most people don't understand the Bible very well, and they struggle through that. But read it, and then read it again, and then read it again, and then call Pastor Paul or call <laughs> anybody and say, yeah. what does this mean, and pursue him. He will reveal himself to you if you passionately pursue him. Yeah. I love what you just shared because— we're getting ready, Chad. You don't know this yet, but by the time people listen to this, we're going to be in a sermon series here at New Life called Phone Zombies, and it's going to be taking us looking at the some of the bad habits we have in life that we just do automatically, and for some of them, they distract us from that relationship with God, and instead, we're going to be looking at how can we replace some of those habits that are not as good with habits that are good that allow us to do what you just said. Pursue God. Draw near to me, God says, and I will draw near to you. Chad, man, I just appreciate so much you being willing to be with me today. Uh, I love what you're doing in your workplace at Wyoming Corporate Cleaners, and I love uh, what you're doing for the men and the ladies that work alongside of you in sharing Christ and helping them to see that them sharing Christ is the best way to live. It doesn't mean their lives are going to be easy, but it means that they will find joy in the journey. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. This was fun. I, I'm humbled again because it's, it's one of those things that I never have done on this. And, 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 you know, there again, that lie of I'm not worthy of this kind of stuff. Um, so I'm, I thank you for having me. Absolutely. We're worthy because God makes us worthy. Yes. Yeah. So guys, continue on as, uh, as you look at these, some of these lies and have some great discussions as we all together as men Try to figure out what a life of holiness can look like as God leads us there. Have a great day, guys.